Welcome to the podcast. On today's program, we go over everything that's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. And we go through that, including the real tragedy. Mm. The, the, tr- the true... Don't don't bring it up. Let them hear it themselves. I hate that. They're going to... It's... I know, but I don't... I think you... You're going to have a shock. Don't have it... Don't have a double shock. You're going to go into morning, and then you'll hear the podcast, and you'll go into morning again. It is shocking, horrifying, and a true, the true tragedy behind Ukraine. We also have uh, Chris Stewart is on the program today talking about the cyber threat. We have Carol Roth on the economy. Pat Gray is with us. It's a great show. Don't miss it. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. And this podcast uh, available every day, of course. Rate and review it. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Uh, Stu Does America, also available five days a week. Don't miss that as well. And you have a new uh, show today as well, Glenn? Uh, yeah, I have a new uh, Friday exclusive. Going to go over the uh, clips, kind of a leftover show, all the clips we didn't get to mm. this week. Some really funny stuff. Uh, also, tomorrow's podcast, Mike Rowe, one-on-one. Gray, yay! With us. yay! Hello, Pat. <laughs> Hello, Glenn. Oh Stu. my gosh! Pat. Hey, so did good you, to see you. Good, good, to, good see you. to see you. Yeah, hey. I've been weeping most of the morning though. Oh no! Oh no! 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 You didn't hear? I did. Oh my gosh! We wept openly as men. We broke down, <laughs> and we wept openly. All of us in the studio. I had a earlier car on my show. Over. Yeah, yeah I, I, was, I was listening. I heard the news from you when I heard that the fourth year in a row, Joy Behar may not be able to go to Italy. It was too much. It was, you know, she's had a tough four years. First of all, it was a pandemic. Yeah. And now, you know, if I don't get to Italy every third weekend or so, yeah, you're right. I get out of sorts. Yeah. So four straight years. Can you imagine? I, I you have even to imagine. You, play the play the audio, the stunning, mm. stunning, sad audio from mm. Joy Behar yesterday. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you just you plan a trip. You want to go there. I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because oh. of, of uh, the oh. pandemic. And so now crushing. this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like who's going to what's going to happen there? Yeah. yeah. It's mm. a gut yeah. punch. It is. Listen, <laughs> nobody it is. calls her out on the set. They're all like, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't yeah. you? Wouldn't <laughs> you? If you were having that conversation with somebody, wouldn't you go? Are you drunk? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you just hear 50,000 people are going to be dead? And you're worried about your vacation plans? <laughs> yeah. And they do, to, to be fair, they know she's drunk. I mean, <laughs> every day she's so they don't, drunk. They don't, so they maybe they don't like, are you sober? <laughs> yeah, are you sober, Joy? <laughs> what is happening to you? So embarrassing. You know, these people are killers. They really are. Well, you, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> Joy? No. I mean, she's a she's a killer of joy, but yeah, uh, no, no, no. listen, I mean, generally speaking, the people who are this crazy, John, John Kerry, he 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 really is concerned about uh, this war because of how it will affect global warming. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. not we're his not own ta- private jet. He's mm-hmm. not concerned about yeah, that. No, no, we're, that we're not it. talking about people who see people and individuals. They, they he's willing. Forget about those people. What about global warming? Yeah. Forget about those people. What yeah. about my vacation? That's sociopathic behavior. For it in, is. In, yeah. Carrie's defense, though, 
he did bring up a great point about oh. northern Russia. And the fact that 66% of the soil is frozen, <laughs> and now it's starting to thaw. And you don't want that because you might be able to grow extra food. <laughs> and then somebody might poison those food stocks. Those food, food stocks. <laughs> About that. When, when, since when is it bad if the soil thaws? I mean, would that be a terrible thing? Yeah, and like would you they could care ar- in Russia that oh, it's not frozen anymore. Yeah, like maybe you argue that it's going to get warmer somewhere else, and but like I don't think Russia cares. I don't like think I think they they they're do. pretty excited about this idea yeah. of thawing soil, right? <laughs> so like very little use as for long as soil. it doesn't mm-hmm. affect the average farmer's ability to get to italy right well yes oh, obviously you know, yeah, no, that's, that's the most point. important yeah. thing in a private jet yeah we have to save the climate <laughs> effects of of this war so that we can make sure we continue to fly on our private jets to italy <laughs> and if we can only can, do that can i can i ask you um has the world ever been this confusing ever? I don't think so. I mean, I don't understand anything that is going on. <laughs> We're buying oil from Russia. We we upped our order of oil by 623,000 barrels of oil from Russia here to the United States last week. We say we're going to oh put s- sanctions on <laughs> Russia. Uh, and really cripple them. You want to cripple them. You stop the ability of Russia being able to sell oil. And at the same time, what are we doing? We're making a deal with Iran. So maybe Iranian oil can get out and and ease the suffering. What? Turn the oil pipeline on. Start fracking. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with <laughs> there? It's uh, I think I said yesterday. I don't think we understand Vladimir Putin's real motivation. I don't think he's crazy. Do you think he's crazy? No. Do you think he's crazy? I mean, his, no, no, no. I mean, right. he's a psychopathic killer. Right. Yes. Okay. He's Joy Behar. He's, he's logically getting to that goal, though. Correct. He's using <clears throat> logic and planning and a yes. cold, calculated nature to get so himself to those goals. It's not that Osama bin Laden was crazy. We just didn't understand, nor can we think like him. Okay, mm-hmm. that's Vladimir Putin. And I don't understand his motivations. And without understanding his motivations, you can't fight him. Okay. Honestly, what are the motivations? Is Biden senile or does he have a different agenda? Yes. And yes. Right? Yes. 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 I mean, you can't be this wrong all the time. It's been every single time he's wrong. Yeah. And they still spin it as if it's great. They're doing the best job that's ever been done. Um, No mistakes have been made. Right. Remember, Afghanistan. He couldn't even admit a mistake in Afghanistan. That's incredible. And there's this, yeah. uh, there's this kind of, Jim Garrity wrote about this this week, uh, the concept of mirroring when you're talking about uh, foreign affairs, where like you just assume the person you're dealing with has the same sort of motivations, yes. generally yes. speaking, as yes. we do. And that's completely insane when you're dealing with Kim Jong-un or President Xi or Vladimir Putin. Or Biden and the Biden administration. Mm. I mean, honestly, mm. guys, 
you you cannot be this wrong all the time. How mm-hmm. is it we didn't say? How, let me play this. Please play uh, cut thirteen. As we respond, my administration is using the tools, every tool at its disposal, to protect American families and businesses from rising prices at the gas pump. You know, we're taking active steps to bring down the cost, and American oil and gas companies should not, should not exploit this moment to hike their prices to raise profits. You know, in our sanctions package, we specifically designed to allow energy payments to continue. We are closely monitoring energy supplies for any disruption. Did you just hear what he said? In our sanctions, we clearly made a path for what did he say? The uh, play it again. Listen, listen to what he says Mm -hmm. about the sanctions. We're taking active steps to bring down the cost and American oil and gas companies should not should not exploit this moment to hike their prices to raise profits. You know, in our sanctions package, it is. we specifically designed to allow energy payments to continue. Stop. Mm. We allow energy mm-hmm. payments to continue. We are still writing checks for Russian oil. In our sanctions, wow. we made sure Jeez. that we could continue to write checks to Russian oil. Yeah. So don't you dare American companies raise wow. your prices on gas. That's insane. That's insane. It is. No, nobody even noticed that. I haven't heard anybody notice that. Anybody comment on that? Incredible. uh, Before Biden, I'm pretty sure we were getting zero oil from Russia. We had eliminated uh, imports from Russia and Venezuela and all the bad actors in the world. We were energy energy independent. And we were exporters for the first time in a really long time. I mean, it's only been How? recently that we started exporting oil again. I think it was the 50s the last time that that happened. And it was because of Trump's policies. He was oil friendly. Let's 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 use our own resources. Did you see Mark Andreessen what he said? No. Yesterday Mark Andreessen came out and he said um we should be planning I think he said like 200 nuke facilities. In oh, the I United States, yeah, he said, right now. I think he said a thousand nuclear plants yeah. need to be built worldwide. Yeah, we should be uh, building yeah. right now. Yes, and we he's won't, right, but we should. Yeah, we won't. We won't. And why mm-hmm. won't we? Why won't we? Because of the environmentalists. Why is it the left? Why is it everything mm-hmm. has to be crippled here? Why would we ever, mm-hmm. ever? Make a deal with Iran so Iran could sell oil on the open market. I mean, even if you believe that, uh, you know, all of the fossil fuels have to stop right now. okay, they have to stop. You're the president of the United States of America. We have the ability to be a mass exporter. But you're willing to make a deal with a terrorist state and you're willing to pay Putin for his oil. Wait a minute. The oil is going to go out anyway. The oil is going out. It's going to be burnt. Mm -hmm. We would rather do business with a terrorist state and Vladimir Putin than open the spigot up here in america 
How, how is that the president of the United States? How is that a guy looking out for the average American, for the American way of life? You're putting more money into the hands of people who are now saying to you, yeah, Poland's next. Uh, they're saying that to you. And if not, they're saying uh, we have to destroy the great Satan. Incredible, especially on the heels of this, where energy payments from Europe and, and, and us as well, but largely Europe, have funded a rainy day fund for Vladimir Putin yes. and all of his oligarchs to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars so that our sanctions won't do anything in this moment. So now we're going to create another regime where we're going to fund billions and billions of dollars uh, and, and, and have all that money go to them so that when they decide to start their next crisis, they're shielded as well. And may I just say, I hope and pray I'm not inconvenienced further by having to detour my plans to go to Taipei, Taiwan, uh, because China sees what's going on in Russia mm. and then takes that bold move to to take back uh, Taiwan. Well, you have that timeshare there. I, I have the timeshare, and if I can't use it this year, yeah. I'm going to be very put out. You haven't been able to use it since uh, 2019. Uh, right. You that know, was the last time I was in Taipei. The, soon as, yeah. And you're still paying those maintenance fees. Yes. Mm -hmm. Every oh year. Every gosh. year. Every year. The suffering, suffering. just continues. It just doesn't stop. Oh, does my not gosh. stop. Well, thank you, Pat, for being no, no, here. Thank you. You know, thank you for I understanding my you, pain. I know. Well, I almost I, didn't come in today because of it. I know. I, I can so imagine. worried about my Taipei trip. <laughs> and congratulations on the bravery <laughs> that you uh, showed this morning on Pat Gray Unleashed when you openly wept. Thank you for noticing air. that. Many Thank people you. might you know, be embarrassed by something like that. There's not, right? not enough. Not, not me. There's not enough examples of weak and pathetic men in right. our society. Right. Isn't that the truth? You know what I mean? Right. If we could just. I'm a little offended by you calling me a man, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, <laughs> I understand. I thought you were going to say you're offended for being called weak and pathetic. But no. <laughs> no, no. It was the man no, part. It was the man part. No. It really yeah. bothered me. Yeah. yeah it really so, did. The binary thinking there really yeah. pissed me off. Well,. Uh, there's no salvaging you anyway because you're white. That's true. So and an American. That's true. Anyway, thank you anyway, so much, Pat, no, no, for you. stopping by <laughs> for some strange reason. <laughs> you're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. We want to uh, bring in Daniel Turner. He is the founder and executive director of Power the Future. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the things that maybe we should be doing right now. Daniel, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be on with you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Mark Andreessen's tweet yesterday, but he said we should be building a thousand uh, nuclear plants all around the world starting today. I, we're not going to do it, but there's a lot of logical things that we should be doing today. One of them is get off our dependence of Russian oil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the problems that we're experiencing right now. Um, have begun 14 months ago with the Biden administration. And, and I'm not pinning the, the, the Ukraine invasion on him, but I am saying we've been tinkering. This administration has been really punishing the, the America's energy industry, specifically the fossil fuel industry, for months and months. And when oil hit $70 a barrel and $80 a barrel, the White House was silent. Well, now it's at 100 and Joe Biden saying he wants to do something. So it's a little bit too late. 
you know, energy is one of those issues that people don't want to pay attention to until it starts to uh, oh, take a pinch at the purse. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we, we need serious energy policy and not Greta Thunberg, not John Kerry. Right. We need serious energy policy because it is national security as well. I, I just I keep hearing him say we're going to tap into the uh, strategic oil reserve. Hang on just a second. We in, on one hand, people are talking about World War three and the biggest conflict possibly since World War two. Oil was kind of important. That's why we have the strategic oil reserve. And so we're he's telling the West we should release more from our strategic oil reserve while we're facing this. No, open a frickin pipeline. Yeah. Oil is so important to the world economy that even this administration has not sanctioned Russian oil. Uh, Germany uh, and Italy today bought more natural gas than they did yesterday from Russia. In fact, Putin has increased the amount of natural gas exports because he knows he has Europe on on the hook and and he's using that to his leverage. And so, look, uh, you know, we have to stop being Plato. There is this ideal world. We all need to leave up to live up to it. Um, and we all need to be better. But the reality is our economy, our military, the world runs on fossil fuels right now. And whether or not we want to change that is one conversation. But the reality is punishing fossil fuels now in the hopes of a better tomorrow has made us weak now. And Vladimir Putin is taking advantage of that weakness. This is uh, this is exactly what the Great Reset is about. The ESG scores energy is, is the first uh, is the first thing and we are we're committing national suicide and it's not just national the entire west is committing suicide and i don't understand Absolutely. it and is that an is that a is that hyperbole no not no not whatsoever and and look when this administration began and joe biden said uh which i believe is a flat-out falsehood but when he said the generals tell him climate change is our biggest national security threat i'm sorry if anyone really said that to you in the military that person should be should be fired today yeah. and any politician republican or democrat this is not a partisan issue many republicans went to the glasgow climate summit to learn how to tackle climate change we can have a conversation about the environment but if you genuinely believe in your heart of hearts looking at the global stage that climate change is the biggest threat then you do not deserve elected office. You are a danger because Russia is a threat. China is a threat. Iran is a threat. North Korea. And, and these rogue regimes, unfortunately, as the prices of oil have gone through the roof, have become richer. And what does Iran do when they have more money? They launch attacks on Israel and, and they launch attacks on the UAE and they fund their nuclear bombs program. And what does Russia do when they have more money? They build their army. Right. So, again, it's, it's this I, this fight against reality that you can have a conversation about the environment, but there are real threats and we need to put on our big boy pants and face the real world we live in. Even if you if you believed that um, climate change was the was the existential threat and the largest threat against uh, all of humanity, if you really, truly believed that. Um, and you make the moves to stop American oil and everything else. Does that explain why we are um, 
not sanctioning the Russian oil. We're increasing our imports of Russian oil. And we seem to be making it easy for Iran to flood the market with their oil. I, I don't understand this. Why wouldn't you go to America and just say, hey, it's temporary. But we're going to we need you right now to relieve the pressure. I, I don't understand yeah. it. Uh, you, you know, for the first time in, in nearly 40 years, uh, America has been purchasing Iranian oil um, very quietly. The administration what? clearly did not put out a press release. But you say, why is America buying any oil from from Russia? Uh, wait, from wait, Iran? Wait, 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 wait. When did that happen? I've not heard uh, that started in April, started in April of this year. And we've we've purchased about a million barrels of oil from Iran. Now, there's going to be an argument and they're going to say I'm playing fast and loose with the nuance because we purchase a lot of oil from the world and we refine it, particularly in the Gulf. Right. We have the world's largest refining capabilities. Also something China's trying to compete with us on. But that's another conversation. But we are the world's largest refiner. So this crude that comes out of the ground has to get refined. So we buy Russian, we buy uh, Venezuelan, but we don't need to buy any oil if we produced enough ourselves. And we're not. We're producing 2 million barrels fewer than we did just a few months ago before Biden became president. And the reason why we're producing so much fewer oil is because this administration has made it impossible to produce. They've punished. The, you mentioned the ESG movement. Where every agency is looking at climate change when it comes to permitting, land access. Uh, um, permits in the Gulf of Mexico on federal land, fracking moratoriums, pipeline construction. So all these cumulative actions have made production of oil domestically hard. Of course, we have to get it from somewhere else. So why not Russia? Why not Iran? Why not Venezuela? Why not put a bullet to our head? Because that's what we're doing by enriching our enemies. Let me ask you, um, when Obama said that he was going to stop the drilling, uh, I think it was in the Gulf, um, the deep sea drilling, uh, the concern was that if you stop that, you're not getting a, a lease on those deep sea drills for another 20 years. They're not coming back and you just don't make them overnight with no. the damage that has been done just to the economy uh, and to the oil and gas industry. Are we doing permanent damage or are these things just going into mothballs and we can turn this around quickly? We can turn it around, but I don't think quickly. Uh, This is a very capital and labor intensive industry. And even if all the permitting is, is in place and the government is a friend of the industry, which we want, like we saw under President Trump, it really took till the end of 2018, the beginning of 19 for the industry to produce as much as it was. And so it did take it two solid years of, of uh, believing that the government wasn't going to punish you. Uh, you know, you look at something like Keystone, that was 10 years and a and billion dollars in the making. And then the rug was pulled out from under it and all that money is lost. So who's going to invest in the oil and gas industry right now if you think the government can shut it down? And that's one of my pet peeves, Glenn, and you can hear my voice getting angry. Oh, I know. <laughs> Jen Psaki will say, well, you know, oil at $90 a barrel, you would think these rich fat cats would invest. It's not that they don't want to invest. It's that they know 
it's a risky investment because government is going to punish you. Deb Holland, the interior secretary, is going to punish you. The EPA administrator, Biden is talking about Fed nominees who look at banking issues through the lens of climate change. So if you need a $50 million loan from the bank to finance this industry, no, because the bank's not going to lend it to you because the Federal Reserve is going to raise your base points and penalize you. So Again, the, 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 this administration is punishing the industry from every angle, and then they have the gall to say, well, they better not raise prices to, oh, yes. to, to take advantage of this. Like, it's our fault. When Elizabeth Warren blamed big meat, remember that one? Yeah. She got all the meat industries together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's offensive. I, uh, I, 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 I will tell you, I, I, I don't understand what's happening to us. Um, unless the president and this administration and those on the left have an agenda that is clearly not in step with the traditional American. Um, They I mean, this is this is self-inflicted wounds and they're soon going to be mortal. Um, What do you what are you thinking? What are you thinking about uh, the gas and oil prices and uh, and what's coming with this? this war in in Ukraine. Yeah, I, it's down a little bit today, which is good news. But I think overall, if, if this continues, and I don't think Putin is going to uh, stop until he has everything he wants in the Ukraine, and maybe even more, you could easily see gas at $150 a barrel like it was in 2008. Um, I mean, 125 by the end of March is, is very feasible. And that means 6 and $7 a gallon of gas. But, you know, you know, your audience knows there are millions, literally millions of products that are made from from fossil fuels. And so when the price of fertilizer goes up, when the price of pesticides go up, everything gets goes up in price. And so when you go to the store and you buy your chopped meat and it's expensive, it's the cow, the cow's diet, the transportation, the butcher, the slaughterhouse, the packaging, the plastic, all of that stuff gets added onto your cost. You're ultimately the one going to suffer. And that's the frustration. This administration, before Putin even launched his first incursion, this administration was willing to let the American people suffer because they are so eager for this green revolution, these renewables, that they had to punish fossil fuels. They wanted fossil fuels to be the bad guy so that maybe you would go to the government and say, please, Mr. Biden, please give us a Green New Deal. Please give us a Build Back Better. We can't afford this anymore. And and that's that's the really sad thing. They were willing to punish the American people for their agenda. And, and that's not just un-American, unpatriotic. Quite frankly, it's immoral and it's evil. Yeah, I agree with you. Daniel, thank you so much. Uh, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, uh, Daniel Turner. I am surrounded by a new family of people who have their life back because of Relief Factor. Uh, I'm one of them. I was uh, uh, in pain and got to the point to where I just I couldn't do it anymore. I <laughs> Anybody else feel like, you know, I just, I can't get up another day? Mm -hmm. Um, We have our life back because of Relief Factor. It's not a television commercial. It's it's a group of real people with real results that had real pain. Try it yourself, Relief Factor. This guy, when he started, completely bald. Look at him now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Doesn't do anything for your hair. <laughs> but, it, but it will help you get out of pain. Give it a shot. Try the three-week quick start. Doesn't work? Move on. But we're here to tell you it works. ReliefFactor.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Carol Roth is uh, joining us. Carol, I have so many questions for you today. How are you? I I'm doing well. Um, some of them I'm not going to be able to answer because okay. insanity, but uh, we'll do our best to, to muddle our way through this. Okay. Can you at all give us a, uh, a common understanding of what SWIFT is? So the best way I can explain SWIFT is a clearinghouse for the messages about transactions through the international banking system. Um, to kind of dial it back to the U.S., if you send a wire transfer between banks in the U.S., you have a special code. If you do it internationally, there is a SWIFT code, and that entity acts as that sort of clearinghouse between the banks to say, oh, you need to send money from one place to another. So basically cutting off Russia or anybody else means that you don't get to sort of participate in the global banking system and, in a very rudimentary sort of explanation. Right. And that is important. Again, it will take it down to the baby level, but that's important. The reason why you would wire transfer something is because if you write a check, uh, it's going to have to sit there and be verified for funds and everything else. If you are doing big business, you're just moving things quickly because you need that transfer to kick in right away, correct? Uh, true, except for internationally, it often can take a day or more to clear. But it is, again, that sort of middleman, that international clearinghouse. It's based in Belgium um, for all of the international financial movement, if that makes sense. Okay. And uh, Europe, according to Joe Biden, didn't want to take that step yet. So they didn't no. see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, of, co of course they didn't because, you know, they're getting, if it's your Germany, you're getting 40% uh, of your oil from Russia. So they understand um, the precarious position they're in. And I'm sure they put a lot of pressure on Joe Biden and saying, listen, you know, we can't afford it. And oh, by the way, geniuses, you don't have the uh, exports now, now that you're no longer energy independent to be able to help us out here. So what are we going to do? And I imagine those were the types of discussions um, happening behind closed doors to have a very weak set of sanctions put out against Russia. So Joe Biden says that the sanctions that he did put on <laughs> are just mind numbingly crippling for uh, Putin and Russia. How would you describe them? Well, he actually had somebody um, within his administration, one of the members of the uh, Economic Council, that said they weren't meant to disrupt the flow of energy and uh, you know, basically completely contradicted that. So they seemed um, kind of like everything the Biden administration has done much more for show than for any sort of actual impact. If you wanted to have impact, um, you know, not only would you have put that pressure in terms of taking Rush out from SWIFT, maybe putting sanctions sanctions on Putin themselves, disrupting energy, I mean, really getting serious. And, um, you know, certainly none of that transpired. So, I mean, to hit uh, Putin where he lives and to really destroy Russia, the best thing to do is be an, a massive exporter of oil um, and drive the price of oil, you know, at least below $80 a barrel, because that's what it that's 
That's where they make money is $70, $80 a barrel, anything over that. So drive the price of oil down, cripples him or cut him off. If you don't yeah. do that, it's like it would be like oh, we're going to sanction Glenn Beck. He can make money in broadcasting, but no ballet dollars are coming his way. Yeah, right? it would be like t- telling me, oh, well, I'm sorry, Carol, you can no longer eat the cauliflower. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. That's right. going to devastate me on my diet. Yeah, I mean, the reality is if you look at the Russian economy, about 60% of their GDP um, comes from the oil and gas exports. So certainly anything that disrupts that, whether it's disrupting getting payment for that, driving down the price overall, or just not allowing them to be able to export it, all of those kinds of things would be devastating. And we have seen brave people in Russia who were marching in the streets saying we don't want any war. If things are getting worse there economically, those voices are only going to get louder. So that would you know, put that um, feeling out to the world that Joe Biden was serious and that he wanted to really take a stand and would make other countries potentially think twice about things they might want to do, like right. you know, China invading Taiwan. Uh, unfortunately, we did not see that. Uh, so what happened to the stock market yesterday? I, I mean, <laughs> you hear you listen to the president and he is saying there's going to be real pain from the American people. Uh, they're going to they're going to really have price increases, disruption of all kinds of things, maybe even a cyber attack. The biggest war possibly since World War Two. Um, and uh, he's going to try to ease the pain and the stock market goes up is that because a the people on wall street know this isn't this is business as usual or b the fed just buying up more stocks and there's no reality anymore in the stock market uh, as the meme says, Glenn, why not both? <laughs> um, it's it's a little bit of each of those. I think there was an expectation that these sanctions were going to be somewhat worse and that that may escalate um, conflict and or um, you know, change the ability to get some of the key exports and in- increase the prices of those. And, and Russia has many of them, not only oil and gas, but aluminum, um, you know, uh, wheat and, and, and other things. So the fact that Joe Biden was weak, the stock market goes, oh, he's not really serious. And so th- there's part of the rally on that. The Fed piece of it is that there is this expectation for a rate hike coming up um, in March in a couple of weeks. And the prior to yesterday, the expectation was that there was going to be an increase of 50 basis points, which is half a percent. Um, and with the conflict, you know, potentially ongoing, stretching out, you know, that gives the Fed a little bit of cover to say, well, it's, you know, uncertain, we're not sure how it's going to play in, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that maybe that means there's only going to be a 25 basis point or a quarter of a percent increase. But whatever it is, it it gives the Fed a little bit more cover, whether it's in March or for the rest of the year to slow play, taking away their their monetary support from the market, which the market loves. So I think you have a little bit of both of those. This is, you know, I've I've never understood uh, more than now the Shakespeare line. All the world is but a stage. I feel like every day we're watching a show. He's he's telling the American people this is really going to hurt you. 
um, and we're going to pay a high price at the gas at the gas station. And don't you oil producers charge extra and gouge people at this time while he's buying more oil this week from Russia than we bought the week before. And we're making it easy for Iran and buying Iranian oil as well. This is none of this is real. No, it's so frustrating. I mean, Joe Biden has some levers he could pull to do a 180 on the economy, um, certainly returning our energy independence, uh, firing up those oil and gas leases, returning to the Keystone Pipeline, all of those kinds of things. He could do a 180 on and it would be very well received. Uh, the average American would benefit from it. And, you know, just from a even if you're somebody who's is climate change and, you know, I, I'm focused on green. The reality is that that oil is getting produced anyway. So would you rather have Russia or Iran be the ones that are producing it? Or would you rather have the technological leader of the United States do it in a manner where we know there's a focus on making it more clean and more green? Right. So it, it fundamentally doesn't make any sense. Um, other than some of the wonderful things that you presented in your book, Glenn, The Great Reset, that everybody should read about if they haven't mm. already. So, Carol, is all of this this excuse of uh, Ukraine, are, are we just being played on this with energy prices? Are the energy costs going to go up because of what we're doing um, you know, with ESG and cutting the financing of, of our own uh, oil, slitting our own throat, or is this Ukraine thing actually playing a role? So, I mean, this has been going on, um, as we've seen, for you know, well over a year, um, good, better part of almost two years now. And the Ukrainian conflict is just several days old. So despite the media's attempt to say, oh, this is the, the reason for it, um, obviously us bowing out of production, um, you know, from some of the decisions the Biden administration made, the canceling of oil and gas leases, the uh, canceling of the Keystone Pipeline, whatnot, and also the ESG pressure um, that made it uh, so that many of the, the companies that were involved in oil exploration and, and whatnot um, and refinements not want to do as much of it over the last couple of years. So there has been, you know, a lot of pressure outside, um, both through government and through sort of this, you know, global ESG fascination that has depressed um, the U.S.'s position. And obviously that's put some um, uh, some some cricks in the in the road here, uh, as well as, you know, the OPEC oil cartel, obviously, they wanted to make up um, for some of the lost money that uh, happened over the pandemic. So, you know, they did not ramp up productions to the level to meet demand. So all of these things factor in, as well as disruption in the supply chain, you know, it, it's harder and more expensive to get the refined gasoline to the station, I mean, just so many things that all snowball together. So, so that has all created um, a big issue and it's going to be an ongoing issue whether or not this Russia-Ukraine conflict con you know, continues. That being said, uh, if it escalates, <laughs> yes, right. it will have a further impact on top of what we're already seeing. You know, currently, you know, we have um, oil that's over ninety dollars a barrel. You know, 
it could go over one hundred dollars organically before they probably start push you know pushing out more oil. Um, if this escalates from a, a Russia Ukraine perspective, you could see a hundred and forty dollar a barrel oil. So it's very very meaningful in terms of that incremental amount. But it's not like without it we'd be at you know seventy dollars or sixty dollars. Uh, we see uh, the price of fertilizer three hundred percent increase that has something to do with natural gas um we have the any oil products um even even um you know bug killers that you you put on your crops um wheat is going through the roof uh today we are going to be facing some real problems at the supermarket in the next six to eight months do you am i reading that right uh, certainly, I would say we are definitely going to be facing issues. We have been facing issues. Inflation is going to continue. The question is, is it a problem or is it a mega problem? But either way, you should be prepared. You should be prepared every day, but you should be prepared for this conflict to escalate. Um, nobody's ever been sad about being overprepared. <laughs> yeah. Usually happens in the other direction. Right. So there are definitely steps that you can take today just to make sure that you have your ducks in a row. And what are those steps? So on the energy front, um, you know, simple things. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, not only with the price, but, you know, are there potentially you know, escalating cyber attacks that end up disrupting you know, our, our own infrastructure? You know, if you, I don't know if you remember way back uh, in the early days of the Joe Biden presidency, he gave Putin a list of here are the critical things that are off limits for a cyber attack. So right. basically a roadmap of, of everything that they should attack should there be an issue. Right. Uh, so so you as an individual should make sure, you know, with your cars that you keep your gas tanks full, that if you have the ability to store extra gasoline, that you have some some extras just in case not only the price goes up, but we end up in a position where there's some rationing. You don't want to be caught in that position. And as you and I've talked about, Glenn, before for your house, have backup generators and other sources um, of energy in, in case there's an issue. I know that I, I take propane um, and <clears throat> I called yesterday. I just got a delivery, I don't know, a few months ago. Um, and I called them up and said, could you please come out and tap my tank off? They said, sure, you're on a waiting list now. This was yesterday. They said the yes. phones are ringing off the hook. Your heating oil, everything. You should get on a list now to get that full. So you're paying A, this price, and B, if something happens, you have a full tank. 100%. 100%. Um, with other supply chain issues, same kinds of things, both from a price increase standpoint and to make sure you have extras in case of disruptions, uh, get the extra water, get something that can distill down your water and take the, the yucky stuff out uh, just in case there's an issue. Stock up on uh things that are not perishable in terms of food, stock up on medicine, have an emergency supply kit, all of those things that should something, you know, kind of really go awry here, a big escalation that you are prepared. Um, and then on the financial standpoint, we were talking about the, the stock market and being all over the place. This is the time when people who are not sophisticated investors tend to panic. And I want to give a quote from Warren Buffett, whose politics I don't particularly like, 
but boy, is he a great investor. And his famous quote was always that investors should be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So when you have those days where the stock market is going down and companies that you like or the overall stock market you know, is in that bad position, that's the time when you slowly start putting money to work and building up your positions or what we call dollar cost averaging into stocks. Do not pull your money out of, out of fear. Carol, thank you so much. God bless you. We will uh, we'll talk to you again. Um, Carol Roth, kind of our, our show's financial uh, advice giver, if you will. She watches all of this for us and helping the average person know what to do in these troubled times. Carol Roth, The War on Small Business is the book. Uh.